When he saw Jacob hit Lenora, Charlie was instantly filled with white, hot anger, and he thought he might explode. There was a basketball-sized stone at his feet, and he picked it up and started off at a trot across the field-turned-parking lot. Lenora screamed. Jacob backhanded Lenora this time, and she was flung immediately to the ground with the force. Her nose and lip were bleeding. When Jacob saw the blood, he dropped to one knee in front of her. She cowered and shrank back, but the car tire was blocking off all retreat. Jacob reached out his hand and extended his pointer finger. He scooped up some of her blood with his fingertip and slowly stuck his finger into his mouth, just like a child stealing icing from a birthday cake. He grinned at her, greedily eyeballing the remaining blood on her face, and opened his mouth, revealing a sinister set of teeth. Two teeth were sharper and longer than the others. Mother didn't allow Lenora to see movies, but she had heard snippets of conversation from the kids at school about a movie named Dracula. She knew right away that Jacob was like Bella Lugosi, a vampire. Then she looked up and saw that Charlie was standing right behind Jacob. Jacob saw Lenora's eyes focus above him. In this heightened state of being, all of his senses were sharper. He could see the reflection of Charlie in Lenora's eyes. He could hear Charlie's heart beating, pushing the blood through his body. Jacob whipped his head quickly around, baring his teeth, hissing loudly like a black panther in the jungle. (sighs) Good night, asshole, Charlie said. He had time to register the abnormally long teeth and pale skin as he brought the stone down on Jacob's head. Jacob dropped to the ground. Let's get out of here. He grabbed her hand and hauled her to her feet. She was shaken, but then again, so was he. We have to move quickly. They ran to the other end of the field and jumped into his car. She had wondered what it would be like to drive alone with Charlie to somewhere dark, but this was not what she had imagined. Charlie started his car and stopped on the gas pedal. As they passed by Jacob's car, he noticed that Jacob's body was no longer on the ground. Lenora screamed. Jacob was standing in the middle of the exit in front of them. Charlie swerved but couldn't react fast enough. The right front fender landed a direct hit to Jacob's body, and there was a fluttering of clothes and body as he vanished off to the right of the vehicle. He watched the older woman come out of the library's main entrance and turn briefly to wave goodbye to her boss. From his vantage point in his car down the street, looking through the 300-millimeter Nikkor lens, he could see her clearly. It was as if he were right there with her. While he watched, Sherry inserted her left index finger deeply into her left ear and proceeded to twist it back and forth, back and forth while she walked. Amused, he snapped a picture. "'Good night, Sherry,' he whispered aloud and smiled. He thought she was a little overweight, but not fat, and her mannerisms weren't unpleasant. Why, each time he'd spoken to her in the library, he thought she was really pretty likable. He popped a stick of gum in his mouth and chewed it slowly as he considered her. As she walked to the parking lot, he noticed, again, the slight waddle in her movements, an awkward side-to-side gait. He wondered if she had arthritis or bad knees or both, just like Mom, he thought. Mom walked like that. He grunted to himself at the recognition. Sherry slid herself sideways into her little blue Prius, and he smiled at the glaring contradictions.
Old woman and new car. Large woman and small car. The world was full of inconsistencies. And injustices, he reminded himself. A few minutes later, Sherry puttered out of the parking lot and was gone from sight, leaving him alone. The street lights cast an anemic white glow on the deserted road. He listened to the quiet and watched the pavement, but there were no signs of movement or life beyond the perpetual dance of insects common to any summer night in Texas. The library's stone gargoyles grinned like lunatics from the second-floor balcony balustrades. Their eyes gloated and taunted him, keepers of secrets no living soul would ever be privy to. They were harbingers of something vile to come. He tried to ignore their laughter and the truths they hinted at.